I'm Jeff Kerwin, if you don't know me. Um, and I just want to say welcome out to DCC. I actually gave announcements like three or four weeks ago. And I think it was like the longest announcements in DCC recorded history. And so that's why they wanted me to speak today. They were like, the whole congregation needs a really long sermon. Um, so I'm just kidding. It's not going to be long. Uh, but Ben actually gave me a run for my money today. I don't know if y'all were timing, but I kind of was just because people made fun of me. And I was like, Ben needs to hurry this up. Um, can I get an amen? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. This service isn't going to be too long. Um, I'm not like an official registered pastor or certified or anything. I'm just a normal guy. Um, we're going through the Psalms this summer. Um, and tonight, today we're going to be in Psalm 46. So if you want to turn there in your Bible. Um, a little bit about me, I guess, if you don't know me. My name's Jeff. I am... 28 years old now, so I'm getting pretty old, and uh, I am a civil engineer. I went to FSU and got a civil engineer degree, and I work um, in transportation, so I work for the state of Florida Department of Transportation, and what I usually tell people is I build roads, Um, and most of the time people think like I'm like down there with a shovel, but not really. Um, I, uh, what my, kind of my role is I help manage the projects that you see out on the road, so if you see people laying asphalt or building a bridge or something, I might have something to do with it. Um, I don't have anything to do with traffic signals. If, I don't want you to, everybody to come up after me and be like, these five traffic lights are red every time I go to them and I have to wait ten minutes. That's not me. So just get that out there. Um, uh, so I guess first of all, I just want to kind of encourage you guys. Like I said, I'm... Uh, I feel like I'm just a normal guy. I don't know. I work. I'm not uh, a pastor or anything. And a big part of uh, DCC here is that we believe every single person who comes here has a calling and is equipped by God to do something extraordinary. Um, so that's all of us. Um, I, when I was in college, I was working a lot with a youth group with Ben. Um, and I think he felt a calling for me to go into ministry, but I didn't necessarily. Um, he would always encourage me to become a youth pastor or do something like that. But as I prayed about it and thought about it, and um, I just felt like God was calling me to be a Christian out in the world, out in the workforce, to actually try to live out what's in this Bible and live out my faith around just everybody um, in the workforce, not where I just have this platform up in front of people to talk to them, but that it's an everyday thing where I try to see what's in this Bible and really live it out, and hopefully it can make a difference. So that's, that was my calling, and that's what I feel like God equipped me to do. So I just want to encourage everybody here. Like, hopefully this isn't um, the only time you encounter God is on this Sunday, but we really believe that you're called and equipped to go out into the world and do something extraordinary for God. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. Um, secondly, me and my wife, Sarah, everybody clap for Sarah. She's over here. She's the hot blonde in the dress. Um, she's really embarrassed right now. Um, I don't know why I was saying that. Oh, me and my wife, Sarah, we lead, uh, community groups. First of all, Sarah is, uh, really nervous that I'm going to tell a story about her up here. And I don't have one planned, 
But I think that's even more scary for her because she's like, what is he going to say? It would almost be better if I told her, this is what I'm going to say. So we'll see what happens. I don't have anything planned, but I can't make any promises. Um, But we lead what's called community groups here. Um, I don't know if they said something earlier about it, but we uh, have these groups that meet throughout the week. Um, We have a college age one for guys and girls, a kind of young adult post-college grad school group for guys and girls, and then a real adult, I guess, group, <laughs> old people. Um, don't take, take that as a compliment. You're old and wise. People ask, when I did those announcements, I called people old farts, and they uh, got on to me afterwards. I was like, but you're wise, kind of. Um, some of you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But we have those three community groups. Guys, that's where we believe growth happens. That's where you get life. That's where you grow um, in relationship with with fellow believers and with God. And so I just want to encourage everybody to get into a community group. Um, our post-grad one is on Tuesday nights. The college one's on Wednesday nights. And actually this week it's going to be at a different location. Um, it's normally at the Potts house. So if you go to that one, it's actually going to be at a girl named Casey's house. And if to get the address, um, either talk to me or Will or Grace afterwards, or I gave it to them in the... Welcome Center? I'm not sure what that tent's called outside. Welcome Center. So go stop by the Welcome Center and talk to them, and they'll give you the address for where that college group is tonight. And then the adult group's on Thursday nights here at DCC, so show up. But anyways, uh, I just wanted to say that please go to community groups. um, Take that next step from just coming on Sunday and that you want to grow in your faith. Um, Okay. Now I got all my disclaimers out there. We're going to get started. Um, And... So through this series, Summer in the Psalms, what we're doing is we're reading 10 psalms each week. Um, Hopefully we're reading them on our own, and then we come back and uh, we talk about one of them on Sunday. So uh, last week um, was really good. Will Potts talked about Psalm 40, about actively waiting um, for God and being patient. And I I thought it was really awesome. This week we're going to go into Psalm 46. I don't have any, like, cool pastor tricks where I'm going to, like, ask a really tough question and have a long pause, I don't think, or I don't even really have it planned out that much. My plan is to just go through the Bible um, like we would in our normal, normal lives and see how it applies to us. So um, Psalm 46, the first part, um, it's kind of split up into three little sections. The first part, verses 1 through 3, says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So probably a lot of us have heard this verse before. Um, Maybe some of us haven't, but that main, that first part, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble or in trouble. And I think a lot of verses say a very present help in trouble um, so with that verse, I guess first, um, when you think about refuge and strength, um, those are kind of some attributes of God that, um, probably we've heard before, but maybe we don't, uh, think about very often, I guess. Um, so refuge is kind of like shelter or safety and strength, um, I think of as like power. Um, and so I think when we think of God as our refuge and strength, uh, we liked, we think, say, um, 
say I'm right here and somebody's like coming at me, I think like God's my strength and my refuge. Like he's going to help me get through whatever it is or tackle whatever it is or um, he's going to be on my side basically. He's going to be behind me. He's going to help me get there. But uh, when you look at it, it says, it doesn't say that um, I am my refuge and strength, that God's helping me be my refuge and strength. It says God is our refuge and strength. And so really more of the picture is that God is out in front of us and like a refuge, like he's the one protecting us. He's the one um, that's fighting for us, I would say. And um, so I know that was the first kind of point I wanted to make was that a lot of times we think, I guess me being a guy, I love sports. I, I, the way I thought about it was we like to think that God is like our steroids. Like I'm going to do my thing, but like God's going to pump me up for when I wear my tank, tank top at the barbecue thing. But like God's going to pump me up and give me like even more strength than I already have so I can get through whatever it is. But the actual picture there is that God completely, like I can't do it on my own. I need God to be the strength and the refuge and the shelter and the power. Um, so I guess with that, the question I would ask is, what is your refuge and strength? Um, I, when I read through that, it was like, it's easy. Oh, God's my refuge and strength. Yay. Like, and you kind of just want to move on. Um, but when you, think, when you really think about it, if you took a step back and looked at your life, what would you say is your refuge and strength? I think um, some common things are is money. Um, we like to think, you know, if I can get enough money, I'll be ready for anything, you know. Anything that comes my way, my money will get me out of it. Or um, success, you know, if... Uh, no matter what happens, if I'm successful, that'll get me through it. Um, or... Like, I know I'm in a bad place now, but I really just need to get to that next step. I need to succeed to this next thing, and then everything will be okay. Um, another thing is uh, what, what people think of us. That's a huge one. Um, we Really, we let it dictate our lives, I guess. We, uh, instead of getting our value from an all-powerful, gracious, all-loving God... You know, we think, what does uh, my coworker, my coworker thinks my outfit's ugly, like, oh my gosh, my day's ruined. Um, or, you know, uh, I don't, that's a stupid example, but um, there's real life examples where we let what other people think of us outweigh what, who God says we are and who we're viewed as by God. Um, and so I think a lot of times when you think about like refuge or strength, you think, like, enough people like me, so, like, I'm good enough. Or enough people like me that if something bad happened, like, they would help me, hopefully, you know. Um, and I think that's a good, it's a good thing that we have people who will help us, but ultimately um, we have to place our refuge in God because nothing else um, will do, nothing else will satisfy. So... I don't know, I want us to really think about that instead of looking at it as God is our refuge and strength, or instead of that word are, put my, God is my refuge and strength. And do you think you could really say that honestly? And um, obviously it, there's 
different times in life um, where you could say that. He, when he goes into after that, he says, um, Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, then the mountains fall into the earth of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. Um, for some of us, life's pretty easy right now. For some of us, our mountains are falling into the sea. Our earth is quaking. I think, um, I don't know, I just wanted to take this opportunity to say that, like with a group this big, I'm sure uh, several people have some kind of earth-shattering circumstance or thing going on in your life right now. Um, And this verse is for you. God is your refuge and strength. It might seem like you can't get through it. It might seem like God has abandoned you. It might seem like everybody's abandoned you. You might feel alone, like nobody knows what you're going through or nobody cares. But God is your refuge and strength. That's the truth that we have from Psalm 46, 1 right here. Um, So another thing um, in this verse... uh, Do we have anybody that worries in here? Do we have anybody that's fearful of things? Everybody laughs because everybody does. Um, A lot of times you think, um, you know, I'm worried about this. And, like, people say, well, you shouldn't worry about it. And you're like, how can I not worry about it? You know, I can't just not. I can't just stop. If If I fear something, I can't just say, okay, I don't fear it anymore. It's not that easy is what we say a lot. Um... What's interesting in these verses, um, it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way. Um, And I think there's a connection there um, between the first verse and the second verse that when God is our refuge and strength, therefore, we will not fear. Um, A lot of times when we're putting our refuge and strength in the things I listed, you know, money, success, what other people think about us, when those things start going the other way, when it looks like we've lost all of our money or however much we thought we needed, you know, then you get pretty fearful. Um, So I think that's the, the key there is that God never abandons us. God always satisfies us. Um, God is always enough. And so when he is our refuge and strength, it um, it prevents us from fearing something of this world. Um, so I guess that's the point I wanted to make, that when we find ourselves um, just super worried and fearful, like I think that's a good thing because we, it shows that we care about a person or something that's happening. But ultimately, we have to get to a point where we take refuge in God in that situation that we can look at God being bigger and um, in control and that sometimes, you know, he's lets things happen or does things that we can't understand, but we have to believe the truth that he's doing it for our good. Um, and so that's what I would say about um, that part fearing there is that it's connected to where our refuge and our strength is. Um, if our refuge and strength is in ourselves, yeah, we have a lot to be fearful of because we mess up all the time. Um, But if it's in God, that gives us a rock to stand on. Okay. Um, So then, I guess with this, 
putting God being our refuge and strength, uh, another, I ask a lot of questions. So I feel like I'm going to ask a lot of questions up here, and hopefully you can take it with you and talk about it in community groups or talk about it later today. Um, but the next question I thought of when I read that little section of the Bible was, how do you do that? Like, what does it actually look like to say that God is your refuge and strength? Um, is there any outward appearance that's different, or is it just an inward thing? Um, I think that's something you can think about, but I think, um, I think it is more of an internal thing. Um, obviously, people can tell when something that our refuge is in has failed, and we are hopeless, and we have nothing, you know? But And people can tell when your refuge is in God and something that um, maybe something terrible happens and they see how you dealt with it. Um, when we were in a community group a couple weeks ago, a guy shared that, you know, he had um, some friends that lost kids and just to see how they dealt with it. One couple, you know, abandoned God. One couple it seemed like their faith grew through it um and so i would say that you know that couple had their refuge and strength in god the other one they probably said they were christians they might have read the bible they but like did they really trust god to be their refuge and strength when something bad happens and you completely walk away um and hopefully it's not the end of the story hopefully that was a beginning thing and god has a plan for them to come back um but I think a lot of times it takes a really hard circumstance for other people to see where your refuge and strength is. When things are, seem like they're going pretty good, um, you can mask where your refuge and strength is in your money, success, and what people think about you. Um, and it's not really tested until you hit that troubling time or that hard time. Um, and so I would say that putting your... Refuge and strength, you're not just like, I wouldn't tell anybody to go out of here and be like, God, do something terrible to me today so like I can show that you're my refuge and strength. Like, nobody do that, please. Um, but it starts, um, it just starts with the little things. Um, it starts inside of you that you would trust God where you're at right now. So I don't know where everybody's at right now. Maybe a lot of people are in college or school. A lot of some people, you know, are out working. Some people are um, having babies. It seems like there's tons of babies here. Um, wherever God has you right now, I would say that's an opportunity for you to put your strength and re and take refuge in God. Um, you don't. It's easy to overlook something where it seems like you can control it, and our temptation is when we think we can control it for us to control it. But um, if we start now putting little th trusts and little hopes in God um, with something maybe we could um, control ourselves, I think that builds us up and gets us to a point where when the, tr the, the huge things come, we, we can look back and say, God did this, God did this, God did this. I'm going to trust him um, through this situation. Okay, so... Um, for that verse 1 through 3, that God is our refuge and strength. Now we're going to go through verse 4 through 7 um, and read along with me. It says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. 
God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The first time I read that, I was like, I do not know what that means at all. Um, but as I looked at it more and kind of studied some on it, the kind of the image that came to me, it says, um, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. God is within her. She will not fall. Um, these psalms, um, are they, they relate back to real stuff that happened in history. And this was the psalmist writing a song about it. And from what I could find, this part referenced back to 2 Kings 18 and 19, um, which I'm not, I don't think it's necessarily important to go through everything that was happening back then. But basically, the nation of Israel was being attacked by the Assyrians. The city of Jerusalem was being surrounded by the Assyrians, 185,000 soldiers or something. Um, and you can go read it to see what happens. It's pretty cool. But um, the basic idea in this psalm is the people are in a battle, they're in a war, there's people attacking them, and they need God. Um, and so kind of the image with that battle that is in this verse talking about the river is that when you built a city, um, you would build it close to a river. Obviously, you want water. You don't want to have to hike two miles or ride your donkey or whatever to go get water. But then also, when you're being attacked, um, you want to stay inside your city walls. You don't want to have to leave to get water. And kind of a strategy, a war strategy, is to cut off somebody's water, and then um, you can defeat them, I guess. And so that's the idea here, um, is that the cities are built near water. When the city's attacked... Um, it wouldn't be cut off from, the, from their basic need of water. Um, and so, kind of in our lives, I guess how I would apply that is uh, when troubles come, when there's, like in their case it was a war, but just when troubles come, um, we have access to the river of life. We have access to God. Um, maybe... Uh, we don't realize we need it until that trouble comes. But all of us in here have access to God and access to life. Um, I think uh, kind of the the step we can take is to say, God, if something good's going on in my life, if something bad, like I'm going to give you all the glory and I want to know you. I want to seek after you. I want to take advantage of the access I have to this river. Um, and I guess kind of the New Testament, um, I think it's in John 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Um, that's a promise Jesus gave us. And a lot of times we just go through life like, whatever, I'm just going to let what happens in the world. No, God has given us life and life to the full and um, we, need to, we need to access it. We need to talk to him. We have a chance to build our city next to the freaking river. Sorry. Um, and uh, are you taking advantage of that? Are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? Are you going to a community group? Obviously, you came to church this Sunday. But um, there's so much worth and value in knowing Jesus Christ and knowing God. Um, and 
I know from the outside it can kind of look like um, it's a bunch of rules you have to follow, a bunch of people are hypocrites, a bunch of people misuse it, but I'm going to stand here and tell you from my life it's worth it to follow Jesus. Um, and I hope that you know somebody who can live that out and show you um, what it looks like to have peace, to have grace, to have love, to have hope, um, and to have life in Jesus Christ. Okay, moving along. Um, We have a lot to get to, so I need to hurry up. Verses 8 through 11, it says, Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Um, The first part, come and see the works of God. You know, the desolations. He makes wars cease. He shatters bows and spears. Um, Kind of what I get out of that is to remember who God is. um, Remember what he's done. Um, I think with the Israelites, when they were, you know, facing ambush, when they were facing their city being destroyed, um, it was important to them to remember where they'd come from, where God had got them out of, where, what God had done for them in the past. Um, and so that's kind of what, what those verses are getting at, that we would remember who God is and what He's already done for us when that trouble comes. Um, and then... This main verse I want to talk about, be still and know that I am God. Um, Probably most of us can relate to this. We have stuff going on in our lives. Um, Sometimes it seems like there's a lot of stuff. You can never sit down. Um, You have a list of things that you want to get done, and before you can finish it, there's... even twice as long of a list, and I feel like a lot of the guys are chuckling because their wives give them lists all the time. Um, I'm with you. Uh, But uh, it's hard to be still. Um, There is a lot going on. There's a lot of good things going on, a lot of stuff we want to do. And I think, uh, you know, the the point of that, be still and know that I am God, is not... Uh, to like be still, like just stand there and like be lazy or something. I, I would love to tell Sarah like, no, I got to be still. I just need to sit here and watch the NBA playoffs. You know, I can't do anything on that list. Um, but that's not the point of it. It's not to be lazy, to sit still and do nothing. Last week, Will talked about um, actively waiting. So I was kind of thinking like, well, how can I be active and be still? Um, and... Uh, The best way I could, um, or I guess there's a couple ways that I thought about it. Um, One, this being still is kind of like, it's kind of like stopping or slowing or, but it, the kind of the way it made sense to me was more of like a relax or release. And like the picture that I have is like when you're so tense and you have your fists like balled up and you're doing stuff or um, whatever, I don't know what you do with your fist balled up. Um, but, uh, you know, that, you know, when you have them, you're tense for a long time. And then that moment when you like release to me, that's being still is that moment of like, ah, um, 
And another, I guess, way I thought about it was um, I've started running recently. Um, Is there any runners out there? Good, I was going to make fun of you. Um, They're they're silent. They don't want to admit it. Um, I don't enjoy running that much, but I'm doing it. I'm trying to get in shape. And um, when I first started, um, Sarah could tell you, like, I was, like, up on my toes, and, like, I mean, I played basketball, and so, like, I'm, like, trying to run as hard as I can, and, like, really, it's like I was saying, like, your fists are tied up, like, I was tense, I was running, and, like, it was painful, like, my knee would hurt, my ankle would hurt, I would be out of breath in, like, five steps, probably, um, now people can relate, uh, but, uh, I don't, it, it was hard, to be honest, and, um, Sarah told me, you got to relax. Um, like, like my shoulders are like up and like I was just going for it and, you know, I'd be done after like half a mile or something. But she told me, you got to relax. And I was like, how can you relax? Like you're running. Um, and so it didn't make any sense to me, but I tried it. Um, and I, to, I guess to me, I would say like relaxing isn't running. Like running is awful. Um, so, but... It, it does make a difference. Like, it works. I couldn't believe it. Like, I, what I thought about was just, like, my sho- keeping my shoulders relaxed and just kind of, I don't look like this when I run, but, uh, or maybe I do and I just don't know it. But I, the idea I had was keeping my shoulders relaxed. And uh, that was the idea for me of being still, I guess, while I'm running, was that um, I ran faster when I relaxed. I ran farther when I relaxed. My knees didn't hurt as bad. My ankles didn't hurt as bad. Um, and so that was kind of the other idea of like that awe is just like um, even though I was doing something strenuous and running when I relaxed, it was better. I did better and I went farther. Um, and so kind of I guess that was the two ways I thought about being still. Um, so for you, um, probably everybody in here has stuff going on in your life. Um, I don't know what it is, but this verse here is, be still and know that I am God. Um, I think there's two parts to that. Like, it's not just being still, it's knowing that God is God. And so, um, for me, what that looks like is slowing down and saying, God, all this stuff is going on. But I know who you are. I know, um, I know that you're the perfecter. I know that you're the rock. I know um, that, you're, that you show grace. I know that you love. I know that um, you have a plan for my future. Um, reminding ourselves and knowing who God is um, is what we need to do when we're being still. Um, and really what it is is changing your focus from what's going on to who God is. Um, and so kind of what I would, it kind of, it really reminded me of Will's talk last week about being actively waiting. Is being still um, and knowing that he's God is kind of like being active towards God instead of just focusing on all these things you have going on, everything you have to get done, all the, sometimes it feels like there's just 
the weight or evils like crushing in on you and you can't get through it. There's so much stuff going on in your life. Um, the truth here is to be still and know who God is. So I would ask you, do you know who God is? Um, I think even if you're not a Christian or if you are a Christian, you have an idea about who Jesus is or who God is. Um, do you know who the Bible says God is? Um, and if not, how could he be your refuge in a time of trouble? How could he get you through something if, if you don't even know him? Um, and so I guess the challenge with that is to seek after God, to see who he is, to um, know all the great things about him, um, and to think of that while you're being still. Um, I have a slide that we're going to put up um, that shows some attributes of God. Um, probably most of them you've seen before or heard, um, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you've never seen it before. There it is there. It's really small and hard to read. Um, I apologize for that. But um, some of them are, you know, Christ, shield, door, everlasting ruler, savior, servant, firstborn, conqueror, comforter, um, bread, peace, author of life, shepherd, blessed, Messiah, Omega, Yahweh, guide, creator, merciful. Um, all these attributes of God. Uh, and I felt like we couldn't just read through this verse, be still and know that I'm God, without actually doing it, without being still, without giving you an opportunity to do it, because it would be so easy to just um, hear this message and go to lunch and eat and get back on your list, you know, or, or get back to all the terrible stuff that's going on, you know. You um, kind of have this little escape, but then you go back and you still don't have any money. You're still trying to figure out what job to get. You still have your family member that has an illness. Like, there's still a lot of stuff going on. But I think um, the value is to be still and know that He is God and that that affects how we go into those troubles. Um, for me, an attribute that I thought about um, was perfecter, that God is the perfecter. Um, I am an engineer, so I'm, I'm pretty good at math and stuff like that. I'm also a perfectionist. I will work on something like all day and all night until I can get it the very best that I can. And my wife's laughing right now. Um, like sometimes for those community groups I was talking about, we make questions for the leaders um, so that they can, you know, look at them if they want to use them. And like, We'll talk about the questions for like, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes and get a bunch of them there. And I'll be like, well, should we make this bold? Or should we put like a bullet point here? And Sarah's just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I want to go to bed. <laughs> um, but so I, that's a silly example. But for me, uh, uh, I need to hear that God's a perfecter. That, um, because what it leads to is me wanting to do everything perfect, like whether it's a 
house project or something at work. Like, I want to do it the very best I can and make it perfect. Um, and that's where I'd get my value from. That when I hear my boss or somebody at work say, you did a good job, that was awesome, that's the best I've ever seen. Not that I really hear those things, but uh, maybe sometimes. Uh, but when they hear that, you know, that's where I'd get my value from. But for me, I need to be still and hear that God's the perfecter. Um, that I can, you know, slow down. I, you know, I have a bunch of projects at work that I can work on. But for me, it's important to just, you know, be still. Think about that God's a perfecter. No matter what I do, I'm lost in my sin. And no matter what I've done, God is the perfecter of my faith. Um, no matter how I do on this project or how I do whatever, God's made me perfect. And that's where my value comes from. And then that doesn't lead to me just like doing a crappy job on everything. Like I still want to do the best I can, but that doesn't validate me. That's not where I get my value from. It's from the perfect God. Um, So we have these things up here, and it's going to be kind of weird and awkward, I think. But hopefully God uses it to speak to somebody. And um, we're just going to be still for about a minute. Um, I want you to look at these attributes of God, see... um, where you're at in your life, what do you need to hear about who God is? Um, Pray about it, think about it, just for this one minute before we go throughout the rest of our day. So, ready, set, go.